I did not hear that at all. You were completely like out. Like I heard nothing. That oh. was. That was- <laughs> well, co- okay, all right. I'll come again with it. <laughs> when it's promised, that's your boy meets world fan gas. You know what? I'm 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 gonna like let's go with it. Wait, I'm Siege, <laughs> and I'm your boy uh, Tony Curtis. What's up, y'all? And uh, yeah, this is episode. Episode 104. Um, Tonothy, what yeah, is yeah, going yeah. on? Well, you know, um, Halloween is coming up this weekend. I'm really excited for it. Um, I saw a very spooky movie that I'm excited to talk to you about in uh, our uh, recommendation segment at the end. Uh, but altogether, I'm just like really excited about this episode and talking to you about it. So I, I, I'm on like the edge of my seat here with this conversation. But uh, how are you doing, Siege? How's how's life treating you? Uh, life is life isn't that bad. Um, I'm a little cold. It's getting colder in L.A. <laughs> it, it rained all day uh, today. It did rain all day today. That was new. Like I always, um, I tell people there was a time where um, it was raining in LA and I was like, why is like the sky flashing? I was like, is there like a movie premiere or something? And then my mom was like, dude, that's lightning. And I was like, it's just been so long since I've seen lightning. Yeah, I actually really miss the rain. And like, I don't know, today was a really great day of just kind of not doing much and staying in jams and watching Boy Meets World. Watching Boy Meets World. Okay, so let's get into this episode. Um, yes. I'm really excited because we just finished the Lauren episode in the cabin. The ski um, lodge, the famous the ski, lodge. ski lodge episode. Which again, so like, they, like it's we're going to get into it, but this episode takes place in February. And I was like, so what senior class trip happens in January? Like, what are we doing? What's going on? They here? took like a New Year's <laughs> trip. This seems like the worst trip to like try to organize. They would have had to plan this in August, I guess. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, yeah, it seems like a crazy, like, why? Like, why even? I don't know. Why not? I guess is what their question was. Like, we can do what we want. We're a television show. Uh, okay. So um, that leads us to the tell me about it, though. Mm-hmm. You want to give us the, your brand new tell me about it? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, I've been working on this for a long time, so I'm excited to to debut it today. <clears throat> Tell us about it. Sean's crazy ex has come back. Tied him up and put on a trial. Jack and Eric still trying to fuck all the while. I'm going to let the audience tell me what they thought about that because I'm. Oh, I don't. Oh, I don't. I don't like the live feedback. Uh, <laughs> if this is American Idol, feedback, all of a sudden. Yeah, love it, love it, love it. Good time. Okay, so um, that is this is season five, episode fifteen, first girlfriend's club. It's Valentine's Day, and Sean's jilted exes are so sure he'll ruin his date with Angela that they kidnap him to keep him from hurting her. Meanwhile, Corley lands in trouble with Topanga after she reads the letter to him from Lauren, the cute mountain girl, assigned to take care of him in the previous episode. Um, and that is our rundown for this. Question okay, for so, you. Yeah. Does it describe Lauren as a cute mountain girl in the description? It literally says cute mountain girl in Wikipedia. <laughs> Everybody knew Lauren was cute. Everybody knew. <laughs> okay, so here's my thing about this. Here's what I want to talk about. Uh, first of all, First Girlfriend's Club. Um, it's clearly a play on First Wives Club. Yes. But to me, like someone completely missed the point of that movie. Like a dude <laughs> saw that movie and was like, women just be out here for revenge. Uh, unprompted. Men are so innocent and they mean well and women just hold grudges. That's what, like titling this The First Girlfriend's Club makes me think exactly that. What do you think? Yeah, I, I have a lot of thoughts on uh, the whole kidnapping premise. Uh, you know, if these girls had good intentions and and all of that, um, 
but I guess my main thing is just that like crimes were committed tonight, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a crimes crime are absolutely committed. committed. Yeah, okay, okay. Holding someone against their will is not allowed. Yeah, um, yeah. While okay. we we're while we we're talking about about these women, um, let's get into the roll call. Yes, the three ladies who are trying to be Angela's saviors. Uh, we get uh, Kristana Logan as Jennifer, uh, Larissa Ol- Olenek as Dana, uh, and Lindsay McKeon as Libby. Okay, all right, all right. So, um, I'm very excited to have Larissa Olenek back on the show. Um, as you know, I was a big fan of her and Sean last season when they got together. I'm glad that they're circling back to it. And the whole, like, confronting Sean on promises he's made to girls and it kind of coming back to him in a way that he has to really confront his mistakes. Uh, I'm really on board for it. Like, I love that whole premise. And I love that they brought Dana especially, because her more so than the other two. Um, you saw Sean, like, have that, like, picnic in the snow for her. He really went over the top to try to make her something more and probably built her hopes up more. And, like, as a viewer, I can sympathize with with her a little bit more than uh, Christina Loken's character, who, um, if audiences remember, was the girl that uh, forbid Sean and Corey from seeing each other. Um, so that's that background. I... <laughs> I had like we'll we'll talk about it, but like the things that they do with Jennifer is very weird. But there's a lot in this episode that like I really like I could t- discuss for a really long time. Um, but that being said, should we talk about like is it best that we talk about Corey and Topanga or Sean and Angela? Like Sean's storyline. This all right. Do you uh, I let's let's spend a majority of our time on Sean and Angela because I kind of feel like that's the most important Corey and Topanga kind of B-level importance and Sean uh, and Jack and Eric like X-level of importance yeah like it's almost like this almost becomes the A storyline like that's where we spend the most of our time even though we bookend with Corey and Topanga and that's supposed to be like the more the more important part of this episode all right well, so just starting right in i was yeah, just go gonna ahead. say it's kind of impossible to to not first mention the whole debut of the letter and how that comes to pass and so i wanted to talk to you about this because at the end of the last episode you were saying oh you know topanga got this letter and she didn't read it right away like she just like kept it and we finally have it revealed that she didn't even try to read the letter um, and I just couldn't, I also was in disbelief that she held on to that letter for that long without trying to read it. So I looked at it, I looked at what she said, and what when she started off, we find we start off the episode with Topanga saying, I don't want to have like like I don't want to have any reason to not trust Corey. And I think that in reality, she knew that as long as she never opened the letter, she could ignore it. But the mm-hmm. moment she opened the letter, she knew what she would find. She knew that, like, it, she knew that things would change. So I think she was just giving herself a little bit more, more time. And I think that that happens a lot. You you ever know something that you know is going to happen and you're like, mm, it's it's got to happen. But I just want I want a little bit more time in the now. But you're saying that Topanga Lawrence has potential <laughs> evidence that her partner has cheated on her. And she just wants to live the lie. What kind of Topanga is this? Well, the, well, first of all, this is the Topanga that we know uh, is specifically for story <laughs> reasons. Like they make yes. Topanga like the perfect girlfriend all the time. And then also, um, Topanga is—I I, like she's human. She, you know, she's smart, and she, as I said, she sees this coming. So she's gonna take a moment. Hold on one second. Speaking of take yeah. a moment, the dog walker's finally here. <laughs> oh, okay. Take a moment. All right, so while Siege is taking his moment, I don't know if you guys can see me or hear me, but I'm going to go about uh, Googling one of our guest stars on this episode. So Christina Loken, uh, I hope I'm saying that right. Christina has like, Christina Anna, Christina Anna Loken. 
um, who plays Jennifer, uh, she was the girl who tried to separate Corey and Sean. Their relationship ended simply because Sean chose Corey over her. Larissa Olenek and Sean's relationship ended because, if I remember right, Jonathan Turner started fucking Larissa Olenek's mom. And that's the reason why they broke up. It really had nothing to do with promises or anything. It just had to do with the fact that they thought it was like incestuous that Sean's caretaker and his girlfriend's actual mom started to hook up. Um, so that was kind of a weird thing. And I just looked up Libby because I kind of forgot about her. Um, Libby is the girl who Sean was making out with when Corey was cheating on Topanga the first time in that ah. basement. So they really did just make out for a party that she kind of lied to get him at. Um, I really don't think anyone but Larissa Olenek has any real, uh, real uh, case in this in this trial. Um, well, yeah, I think that they what they were doing was they were actually trying to like you know you've seen these girls before. We got we yeah. got some of the old <laughs> ones, uh, and we can't just bring in brand new ones because you'd be like, who are they? Uh, <laughs> especially we've talked about this before. They Boy Meets World loves a evil girl of the week. Sorry, oh, they it loves, love like them. it loves an evil girl and it loves a girl of the week. So they brought all three that they could remember back and then they were like we'll make all three evil ex-girlfriends i love it um yeah because you're right they love to um really treat women awfully um i i guess uh you know can we if we can just rewind for a second from the girls um you, you we have this letter and we have angela finds out that topanga hasn't read the letter and chooses to read the letter for her thoughts Okay, so I like being a good friend. I, I I think it's crossing a line in the sense that Topanga clearly said that she didn't want to, and Topanga didn't open it. But they also had Angela play the role of like the sassy black friend, which bothered me totally because it was Uh, way more this episode. Yes, way way more. Uh, Although I did like the line, "I'm trying to protect you, white girl." Um, (laughs) I felt like that was. (laughs) I didn't know who wrote that line, but it made me laugh Uh, (laughs) because that's that's true to form. But the idea of her being like, "Mm, "Girl, you better read this letter," and then like, you know, just like it was very caricature. Uh, It felt very. I don't know. It felt weird. But then also, why would you say, like, just like the tone of it was also off, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was very much like her saying, oh, you don't want to read this. And then also not really like, I feel like if she was really to paying his friend, what she would have done is been like, she would have read it and then be like, you know what? Nothing to read. <laughs> you know, or, or she would have been like, uh, this is actually way more serious than I wanted it to be. And we have to have a serious conversation. You know, like they just kind of played it for laughs in the beginning. And it's like the tone is off. I felt the exact same way. And, you know, it, I'm glad that Angela's character kind of took a different direction because in that cold open, it really was just like, who is this sassy black best friend i really got bad vibes from it um but yeah her character ends up having uh, a really kind of a, a nice little arc with sean in this episode um we can uh i guess bypass Corey and topanga's confrontation for now and circle back to that when we get back to their storyline but um so we have these girls who decide to teach sean hunter a lesson um are these girls in the right do do they have a right to hold a man accountable for promises that he actually made to him, them. Um, Do they have a right such to a man, hold a man in such a way? In such Do they a have way. a right to hold a man accountable? Yes. Do they have the right <laughs> to hold a man captive? No. Like there's yeah. a difference. One's a crime, um, and so I would say they don't have they they don't have the right to kidnap him. But they, they I, I'd say there's nothing wrong with confronting someone and. Uh, I think the term we would use is like closure, you know, being like, hey, you really hurt my feelings. But like, again, they do it at, like I said, I feel like someone watched the first Wives Club and they completely missed the point. Like they do it at the expense of um, Topanga, which is like, that's not, that's not, that's not like, that's not our expense of Angela. That's not helping anyone. You know what I mean? Like it's actually not supposed to, you're not supposed to drag someone else down when you're trying to get information from. And also it's like, why would you, 
prevent Sean from meet, from attending his date on time. You know, it's like, like it just comes off as jealousy more than it does helpful. Like they were like, we want to help Angela. And it's like, you don't want to help Angela because if you wanted to help Angela, you would wait to see if Sean missed the date. You know what I mean? Like you would yeah. take her and be like, look, see, he's somewhere else. But instead you took him, prevented him from going and having to hold your trial at the exact same time that he's supposed to be meeting Angela. And I think what I'm picking up from the writers anyway is this idea of Sean being not innocent, but like he, like the girls just being bitter more than anything, you know, it's like, oh, they didn't want him to make it. And that's kind of like where I feel they were coming from. The writers were coming from. And I, I don't, I don't like that. Okay. I read that a little bit differently. Um, okay. And maybe this is just giving the show a little bit too much credit um, because I really love it when they bring back old guest stars all the time. So I, I don't know. I kind of had fun with this episode. Um, but I, I guess the I thought that the girls were coming from this perspective of, hey, Sean spent a lot of time with us and, you know, really built up our expectations and it really scarred us in, the, in a really traumatic way when he ghosted us. Maybe we can prevent Sean and Angela's relationship from progressing to a point where she has long-term hurt from this versus, yeah, for, from just one failed date versus months of being led on in the way that maybe Larissa Olenek's character was. That's where I felt the writers were coming from um, in their perspective. That's, that's I, how I read it. I do not, like, we have watched several of these episodes, and I don't think that writers know how to write women, and so I'm going to say that someone was writing, like, like, the, like, don't get me wrong, I think you're right in the sense that that's what the characters say their motivation is, and I, that's what I think we're supposed, we're meant to believe but the way that it's written, it's really like, look at these bit, like, like, again, at the end, they're just like, oh, Valentine's Day sucks. And, you know, it's just like, they're just more upset that, that he was willing to do it for her, for Angela, and not for them. Like, I think at even at one point in time, he's like, um, I kept a, I made a promise. And they're like, you made that same promise to me. It's and it's me. just like a, why her, not me situation. I don't know. You okay. guys tell us in the chat what you think, but yeah. I, I no 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 I was totally speaking in like best intentions for what the writers thought but to your point the execution is really terrible and the main um, example of how bad it is is uh, kind of in the earlier on in the episode when the three girls are confronting Angela head on being like yo basically telling her all of the, their grievances being like yo Sean made all these promises to me he just treats all these girls this way and Angela's like you know what ladies I think I got this so like if she voiced that to them at the time and they still didn't respect it then it was never about helping Angela so I I do think that you're right in that they may have intended it to go a certain way but it definitely plays differently absolutely they lure him to a but like that, that's another thing it's like they use Angela as an excuse to get to lure him away from the date like again let's like what is their plan like I, I'm not saying that these these girls actually did these things these are male writers obviously who wanted to like come up with a ruse that girlfriends that ex-girlfriends would do to prevent Sean from going but like even if we like live in this world where uh we're supposed to believe these things they wrote to sean hey from angela meet me at the bose house and he shows up early therefore proving their point wrong right off the bat right off the bat he shows up to what he thinks is a change of plans early which means that he intended to show up he intended to show up on time and he was like very good with the flow with it so from that point on like like their whole theory is thrown out the window i i love the idea too that like if sean really wasn't gonna show up to this date that they would have orchestrated this whole kidnapping bit for and he never showed up anyway like they would like get mad at who at that point for is sean for just being the sean they expected him to be i it's it's interesting um it, the boathouse that they kidnap him to that is just amy and alan's uh sporting goods store right yeah 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 i was thinking of that too okay I, really quickly someone in the chat said uh it comes off like you hurt us and therefore you can't just change your behavior for a new girl uh, that's a really good point. Like, I think that again, this, but this is, this is what I'm saying. I agree with like 
anyone who's ever been broken up with has this thing, especially when you liked the person more than they liked you, you come from a place of like, again, it's just, it's a place of why them, not me. Why do you change your behavior for them? And I think that that's how these girls are written. It's not, but they, they keep shouting or touting that they are doing this for Angela. They want to protect Angela, but I don't think any of their actions are protective of Angela. If anything, it's overstepping and a crime. I, I also don't really like how they're like, oh, we're Angela's friends. We're Angela's friends. I was like, are you Angela's friends? Like, you know how like when some shit goes down and someone will just be like, oh, no, 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 that's like my best friend or whatever. Like it, it everything's done out of spite of Angela when you really think about it, in spite of the fact that there's a girl that actually won Sean's affections in the way that they couldn't, um, to your point of just jealousy. So it, it's it's yeah, like, I, and I have to say, I'm a little disappointed that Angela didn't like, <sighs> like, I know this is like a Disney show, right? Like this, this is ABC. Like Angela is going to come in and she's going to be like, what are you three witches doing? But like, wasn't there a part of you exactly, that was exactly, like, absolutely. that was like, oh man, like, a part of me just wanted her to just run in with like a bunch of just like dreadlock dudes and just like uh what was it uh save the last dance uh when they come in and they just I love like, what, oh, what you're saying is we were like Angela was a character and like this sassy black friend in the beginning. And then when it comes to this point, you're like, but I need a little bit more blackness in the fact that yeah. someone's your boyfriend. Just a little bit more. Like, I don't it's need like, you to be a little bit ethnic. <laughs> where they choose to use her blackness is not where I, I as a black person, would use the black button. Because the black button I would push would be at the moment when three white women kidnapped her boyfriend. Um, that's when some blackness would really start to show. That's when some earrings would really start to come off. Um, but yeah, that's just... What that's, do you think about the me. idea... What do you think about the idea that... Um, Sean, not Sean... Um, yeah, no, Sean, actually, he has, like, in my mind, he has really good answers to these questions. Like, they're asking him, which I thought was really great. They were like, why the, are, uh, you said that you liked me. I did like you. You said that you wanted to do this with me. I did at the time. At the time, that's how I felt. And I was honest about my feelings in that moment. They changed. And I'm sorry that you got hurt. But, like, I can't be, I can't be held accountable for, like, how I felt in that moment for all time. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, and I thought he had really valid points in that. And I thought that they really gave Sean credit in this episode. Like, like oh, all absolutely. the things that he's getting called out for. It's like, also, this is Sean. And like, yeah, he he has, he's a playboy or he was a playboy and he had like this history. But also you guys kind of knew that before you started dating him. And he was honest with you as best as he could from the very beginning. Yeah, I, I kind of think that Sean um, definitely shines in this episode as a being a, just a better person than fucking Corey. Like, it, it seems like there's a lot of episodes, especially in the early seasons, where it's just like Corey trying to help Sean with, with his problems. But now we see that like, oh, Sean's actually this really mature person who can take accountability for his behavior and, you know, own up to his, his issues and, you know, apologize and kind of say like, hey, this is something I need to work on. And the way that Corey is, not as soon as Corey was called out, he was like, Sean, you made me lie. Like, <laughs> It's it's so that was one of the first things in my notes. I was like, the, the in my notes, I was like, Corey literally blamed Sean. He's like, You told me to lie. And it's like, really, dude? Like, like everything that's going on right now, of course you're gonna blame Sean. And Sean just doesn't blame other people. He doesn't point any fingers. He's just like, Yeah, this was me. I have some issues I gotta work on. Angela, I'm gonna try my best. I really, really like you. I'm being as honest as I think I can right now. And uh, you know, I I feel like Angela receives that the way she's supposed to. I don't know. It just seems like they're the couple to watch out for, especially like they have a really great moment at the end where um, Sean's kind of like talking there. He's like, hey, I'm not going to make any promises to you that I don't mean. I'm not going to just talk fluff. I'm not going to do what I think Corey does a lot, where it's just like, hey, I'm going to promise you this overly romantic idea of what life is. Um, I'm just going to really just appreciate uh, what I have and be sincere in the way that only Sean Hunter can. Um, I just thought that that was like a really great moment between the two of them. 
gotta take a time out. The siege gotta pee. All right, y'all. First Girlfriend's Club was directed by Alan Meyerson. Story by Mark Bluntman and Howard Buskang. Teleplay by Patricia Carr and Laura Runnels. This episode aired February 13th, 1998. Boom. I love whenever I walk away, you just become like a IMDb page. I think it's a great, <laughs> great thing. Okay, so um, getting back into this. No, I, I liked exactly what you said. So I like the idea that Sean's like, look, I'm not going to make these grand promises that I can't live up to because that's, that's not who Sean is. Sean is trying to be authentic. And when he's in it, he's in it. And I also think it's, interesting that you bring up the comparison of Corey, who we know like he has a yearly routine with Topanga. They already like they're trying to recreate, like get that spark back every year. And like Corey's just like trying to be in 3008 and uh, Sean's just like, no, I'm here. I'm in the moment. I, I'm going to be as honest and real with you as I could possibly be um, at any given time. So, gosh, I really want to talk about Corey and Topanga. No, but, let, um, let's just keep moving forward. We're going to keep, keep on Sean and Angela for the time being. Uh, but then also I want to move over into Eric and Jack because I have, like, they, they tie into this part of the episode and I have thoughts. <laughs> um, I think I, hold on, let me just make sure. I think... Oh, no, that has to... Okay, I'm going to save that, too. All right, no, 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 I'm good for now. I'm good for now. Okay, so the only other thing that I'm going to say is that I looked, and there's a... Um, there's the line when... Um, I think it's Jennifer says, the only person Sean Hunter is capable of liking is Sean Hunter. And I was like, uh, first of all, Sean does not like himself. So yeah, that shows how little you know about Sean. Second example, I have little you know about Sean is you go and that curly haired guy. And it's like, you don't even know Corey's name. Corey is the most important person. No, Sean, she knows Corey's know name. Him. Her and Corey have beef. That's why she was talking that shit. Cause <laughs> they still have beef. Either way, you're still not willing to respect the most important person in Sean's life. Yeah. And I was like, like to me again, what you're doing is, and what I would really love for them to do is to be like, no, you guys don't know Sean. Like, that's part of the reason why it didn't work. It didn't work not because Sean was incapable, but because none of you took the time to get to know Sean the way that Angela is. And none of you trust Sean in the way that Angela does. In all, in all fairness, I feel like all of these kids are taking these high school relationships way too seriously. And that's probably the reason why uh, these three girls have become so bitter is because everyone seems to be fed this idea that high school is supposed to be certain things with these certain milestone experiences and you're supposed to like fall in love and have a high school sweetheart and all these things and it just feels like these three girls thought that Sean was that person for them when he just wasn't that he just wasn't a good fit for them um, but the idea that they're they don't have that experience is something that they're more upset about than actually being with sean hunter himself i mean well uh, but also like that's very common like when you're in high school these are taken very seriously because essentially you're playing house you're playing adult yeah and you don't understand like you're just doing the surface level so you want get that surface level and reach that surface level but you don't understand the nuance the complications the work that goes into being a full-time partner because you're a child um so but can i just say angela seems to get it angela. but we also know like what what do angela and sean have in common they have drama trauma like they have parents whose whose marriages haven't worked out and so they understand that love is a choice they understand that love is effort in a way that these girls from the family lives that we've seen so far and Corey would not understand. Yeah. And I believe at this point in time, Topanga wouldn't understand either. <sighs> Topanga, Topanga, Topanga. Okay, uh, before we get into Topanga, I want to talk about Jack and... Um, Eric? Okay, Jack yeah, and that's cool. Eric. Okay, so a few things. One, this episode, again, it's just, it comes to show, there is such an obvious homoerotic undertone to Eric and Jack's dynamic at all times. And there was a point in time where I looked like, like Jack's complaining that he doesn't have a date and they, they're very 
very specific. You don't have a date. It's very like uh, girls get brought into the mix later. Number one. Number two, it kind of sets it up to where it's like this, this should just be what it obviously is. Like there's a point in time where I noticed where Eric gives Jack the flowers and chocolate that was for um, that Angela gave yeah, Sean, yeah. Angela gave Sean. And I was like, yes, because it's like they're hinting at it. They want it to be, they want it to be so badly, but they're not willing to commit to it. And again, the entire, like, even when we get, um, this is, it's clearly my brother moment. We will bring it up. But so one of the girls is uh, said to used to be a man. So like, it's supposed to be like this joke about like being very masculine or whatever. The That's the one that Eric responds to, number one. Number two is when Jack is talking to the girls uh, and he's supposed to be like, uh, lured by them he's just like men are terrible I hate it. it's like I don't know why I'm like this and it's like again I, I there seems to be a homoerotic undertone they're trying to like code these characters as gay without actually committing to it and it's making me angry because it's so obvious and it's so easy to commit to if you were just allow yourselves 90s writers what do you think I okay so yes I thought there was homoerotic parts but I it's interesting because I didn't necessarily know or see it in the same places as you. Um, for example, I thought the mere idea that these two waited until Valentine's Day to even consider trying to get Valentine's Day dates speaks more than whatever bullshit they did at the at the end of the episode. That just seemed like roles they were trying to fill, not roles that became were comfortable for them. Um, it seems like they just like hanging out with each other anyway. So I don't understand why they're trying so hard. Um, but yeah, when they get to the girls, when they get around the girls, it, it does feel like they're each trying whatever they can just to get laid. Like I did not read um, uh, Jack's uh, puppy doggo like, oh, I hate being a man. Aren't I terrible? I just thought that he saw a group of feminists and thought like, oh, I'm going to start doing playing this role to see if i can win them over that's what i thought no, no, no. Well, that's and again that's what it's kind of written as but like again it's just it's one of these things where it's like at the bare minimum i, I will accept nothing less than eric and jack are by like like that's what like that's what oh, i see them okay as, did you send me the there. thing on okay so I think you sent it to me or it just appeared on my instagram that someone had met wilfredell at a convention and told him about the buy theory and he was like oh yeah i can see that i or like he didn't write yeah, it off no he no was you're like right you're right supportive I, I'm of so, it. so sorry we're casting right now so i can't i can't look at my phone but it is um one of our followers actually met will Fredell and was saying like you know she expressed that uh they wanted you know, like the, the same kind of tension, like they thought that Eric and Jack were great characters to be by. And Will Friedle said that he was open to the idea, but of course, like they wouldn't have. And I think like, again, A, Will Friedle, great guy, open-minded person. B, it's like, that's definitely something there. Like it's not, like it's not reading yeah. too much into it. I think it's actually there. And if we lived in a less biphobic world, absolutely Jack and Eric would be something that they explored. I just, I really, again, like, I don't know why they make these two so inept at meeting women. Like, these are two they look like conventionally that too. Like... <laughs> attractive guys. I don't understand why they're constantly, like, fighting. Like, I, I do, obviously, they don't have swagger. They don't know how to talk to women. But when you, if you look like Eric and Jack, like, it feels like, I mean, there should be someone around who's interested. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I maybe I'm reading too far into this, but I just feel like no, no. the fact that they constantly write them as single men who can't get women um, feels strange when, like, if this were friends or something, you know, Joey and Chandler have a new girl every episode, and that's, like, how they write into to the show. And so it's just interesting that they don't do that with these two. In fact, the only time they even try to with Rachel coming into the future, um, it's just them fighting with each other still. Like, it's so tense sexually tense and even that to me feels or felt like a studio note like someone in the studio was like look <laughs> it's getting a little too a little too uh queer spoke up in here uh we're gonna have to 
throw in some some female um personality in order to like make carry these two and yeah. not not really piss anyone off um so to, to that note i was gonna say like, like let's think about the ending they leave with the girls but there were three girls there are two guys at no point in time do we do that thing where it's like it seems like each one's pairing off with someone else why because there's three and two and then eric goes back for the handcuffs and yep. i was like again who are those for is it just for eric to have or is it like because like, again there's not like him it's not like um in any other sitcom at this point in time him and jennifer would have connected Jennifer would have been like, let's get out of here. Then he grabs him. And it's like a very clear idea of like who he intends to use those on. In this episode, it just seemed like they were like, we're not saying who. <laughs> use your imagination. There are four other people. <laughs> okay, can I throw something out there to your to your theory? And, I, and we're going to the future a little bit. So I'll put quarters in the jar. I'm sorry for time traveling ahead. I know you hate it when I do it. It is what it um, is. In the and then the Rashawn episode, both Jack and Eric admit to not being virgins. Yet we never see them with women. So <laughs> I'm just saying that like it's odd for both of these characters to be like, I'm not a virgin, but you've also never well, seen no, me with a I girl. think you could be a not a virgin and also still not be having sex. Like I think I I know plenty of people who were um, not virgins and still not getting it. So that's what I mean is, is Eric Matthews doing random hookups because he doesn't have a serious girlfriend. Like we get no viewpoint into any of this. He's at college for the first time and he hardly dates. Like this was the guy who was hooking up with girls all the time in high school. And so it just seems so weird the way they're writing him to be so non-sexual now when that was like his main thing when he started. He was like the sexy older brother who was always hooking up with girls. It's, it's very weird. Yeah, you know what's really like when we look and examine that it's kind of weird because um eric is someone who i, I again i like at certain there's certain times where it's like i have to think of the writers because i'm like this is kind of like what writers ex writing their own experiences from college and i'm just like i see guys who were never looked like eric writing yeah. about their college experience and like you know how you go like years without hooking up with someone and i was like i don't think that's everyone i think that was just you guys <laughs> but <laughs> i mean to, to your point the character eric definitely should have more interaction it's like he's constantly trying to get like even let's take joey for example uh from friends joey is still a buffoon but he's still dating someone every yeah. week because he looks like that all the cast members on seinfeld are still dating on a regular basis so the idea that Eric and Jack constantly are trying to date and can't find anyone. Um, I know it's used for humor, but it's also just an odd choice. Yeah. Yeah. I just also want to say last thing about uh, Jack and Eric. Uh, well, two things. First thing is I'm very curious to know what Angela's relationship is to Jack and Eric. Um, I'm assuming she spends a good deal of time with them because her boyfriend lives there, but they had that one scene where the three of them were together. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if we really get, anything especially between Angela and Jack and it just it felt like there was this whole storyline of Jack and Sean trying to build a relationship and now that seems like that's completely abandoned now that Sean has a girlfriend and it just feels like there's an opportunity to make an episode where the three of them like hang out or like do something like that I don't know you and I like you and you know that we love this and I I agree that I sorry I think that what would be more realistic and more of um like a storyline that I would like to have seen is this idea of, hey, I have a girlfriend now. We were trying to mend our relationship. How does this work? You know, with like one of us having someone who's regular, like it's, it's a little tropey of a sitcom thing, but it's like, we're doing all the other tropes with these two. Why not yeah. give some kind of tension and have there be a moment where Angela has to build her own relationship with Jack. Again, we don't do that. Instead, we have a little runoff where, uh, Morgan has two male suitors for some reason, but like we can't get more Jack and Angela, which as you said, would make more sense. Yeah, we also get a scene where Alan gives Amy cash for Valentine's Day per Eric's recommendation. After he calls her fat. Um, yeah. So that like, again, I was like, we're already doing this. <laughs> we have the husbands are bubbly, bumbling idiots. 
yeah. you know, like thing. We have the it's Valentine's Day, so everyone has to be obsessed with Valentine's Day tropes. It's like if we're doing all of these tropes, why can't we do? Why can't we do ones that actually move the plot forward and care? Totally. Um, speaking of being tropey, can we get into Corey and Topanga? I think it's time. I think it's time that we talk about Corey and Topanga on this. Okay, so we started off with the letter. And mm-hmm. you're right. You told me last episode that, like, Topanga avoids opening the letter. But once it's open, once it's read, as I talked about, she does not back down. She immediately approaches Corey and Violently. Like, yeah, we, we need to talk. And we need like, to talk. <laughs> and what I love is she goes, when were you going to tell me about the letter? Corey's response? Uh, oh, uh, uh, now. <laughs> that was his response. Uh, 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 as soon as you found out about it. Like, he was not planning on telling no, you. No, the answer the was no, never. The answer was never. But what's also really interesting is, like, even though, again, he kind of side-skirted, she was like, by the way, I read it. <laughs> oh, you didn't tell me about the letter. You didn't tell me about the kiss. And again, I was like waiting for her, but she's just like, no, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you what's in it. <laughs> yeah. And then um immediately just being like, I never thought that I didn't, I couldn't trust you. And now I don't know if I do. And then like just walking away. And again, I thought that was fantastic because A, this is the Topanga that we know and love. And this is the this is the kind of like I'll say um feminist writing quote unquote that i want to see with a character like topanga someone who like knows her self-worth and knows and she's like look again i didn't want to mistrust you but now that i'm unsure if i can i'm actually going to take the time and separate myself what do you think yeah i i thought she handled it in a really great way um especially because she doesn't make any grand statements about her and Corey's relationship she doesn't say like i'm breaking up with you like she's not thinking fast about this it's a slow burn and i like that they're not just like trying to wrap this up in one episode i like that we're having a like a a half season arc basically of these two um mending from this one mistake quote unquote but like really like 20 mistakes that Corey made um and i just I, again i just thought that the way that she just kind of communicated her her feelings on it was really mature but Corey's response to this is anything but that because Corey's response to everything that topanga says to him is like oh i'm just gonna send her a bunch of flowers i'm just gonna try really hard we can just pretend this never happened like he's so ready to just move past it and well, yeah, just thought- he was the one who fucked up <laughs> like it's very easy to be like can't we can't we all just get along can't we can't we just move past this and we go back to i'm allowed to be the bumbling idiot and you forgive me and all is well like I, I, I decided i'm no longer going to cheat and so yeah I think he could in a world where we don't have Sean coming to grips with his own uh, issues and and the way he's treated women in the past. Like if Sean Hunter can be open apologetic about the way he's treated women, why can't Corey just take a second to truly reflect on how he damaged this relationship? He thought that the relationship blew up because Topanga found the letter, not because what he did to Topanga. Like, there's bigger things that Corey needs to be apologizing for that he's not paying attention to. And it's just it's just interesting. It's very telling of his character right now. I love that you said that. That's a very good way of putting it. He thinks that the problem is she found the letter, not what happened, not all the events that led up to the actions that were mentioned in the letter. Like, that's yeah. what it, because he literally says... Uh, at, at one point in time, um, he's talking to Angela and he's like, well, you got to trust you. You can't doubt your partner. You have to trust them first. And she's like, that's very big considering your present circumstances. And he goes, well, they're only my present circumstances. Being like, yeah, that's what, that's, that's how she feels now. It'll be fine. Again, later on in the episode when like Topanga's like, hey, I really liked what you said. I heard it and I'm, I'm glad that you mean it. I'm still not ready just yet. He's like, man i'll see her at chubby's like like i yeah. know topanga and if, if there's one thing about topanga is that she always forgives me and this is this is just this is just one of my hijinks 
Yeah, and Corey's really like, um, he really just thinks because he wants something bad enough, it'll just happen for him. It's really just, the, the entitlement is really on display in this episode in the sense that he's like, no, I'm just like, I want Topanga to be with me so badly that if I just go to Chubby's, I know she'll show up. I know she will. I She wouldn't disappoint me that way. Like, get the fuck out of here, Corey. Like, you have no idea the damage you cause. It's just, it's it's very, it's very telling. And it's, and again, it's because he's used to getting off. He's used to being forgiven. Uh, as, as Sean loves to tell him, he deserves nice things. So he's like, no, good things happen to me. Um, and it's like, no, good things, well, and not necessarily good things happen to good people, but like, you also have to be worthy of it. Like, you have to be worthy of forgiveness. That's another thing. He was like, when you love someone, you forgive them. Actually, in a healthy relationship, when you love someone, you don't do things that you know will upset them and then you have a discussion and that person gets to decide whether or not they forgive you on their own timeline not when it's convenient for you it's not like an automatic forgiveness also you can't be forgiven for something you literally never apologized for <laughs> or yeah or don't, like, again i feel like it, it, he's the type who would be like i'm sorry you found the letter you know what i mean like, <laughs> totally totally bro that's what we're getting from him he's very like i'm sorry you found the letter and I'm sorry I took the letter. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's none of this is the yeah. problem. Um, I, I just really, real quickly, I know we're kind of jumping around a lot and I'm, I apologize. Uh, I want to quickly talk about how Sean immediately told Angela that he, it was his idea to lie for Corey to lie to Topanga. Um, I just want to say that I really appreciated sean's honesty like the fact that he just easily told that to angela kind of verifies his statement of like hey i've i've been honest with you i'm gonna be honest with you like i technically haven't lied to you like i was mad open to you about some shit i probably shouldn't have told you and that's due to the fact that i kind of want to keep an open communication i just thought that was a, a a cool little um thing even though he ultimately got some backlash for it well, also, like, to, there's that, but then also I think it's a testament to the fact that he honestly didn't think that he did anything wrong. You know, he yeah. he says, I thought it was the best idea at the time. Like, I, right. I got information that I got. I was like, this is how I'm responding to it. And again, there's, there's an honesty to that of being like, hey, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to do some stupid stuff. But to me, in the moment, it makes sense. Unlike Corey, who, like, in the moment knows it doesn't make sense and then did it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, anything else you want to say about this episode? Anything you guys want to want to? Yeah, in? guys, if you guys have any thoughts, please share them. Um, I think I've said pretty much everything I want to say. The only thing I want to point out is just that uh, Corey and um, Topanga apparently have this long-lasting Valentine's Day date of dinner at chubby's the place they literally have dinner at every goddamn day it's like maybe don't go to mcdonald's for valentine's day bro like get your <laughs> shit together it just felt so lazy coming from Corey, who like at one point like him and topanga went on like a super fancy date i was thinking that i was thinking i forgot what it's called but yeah going to that restaurant like it was just it just seems like something more elaborate should have been the date for Corey, who tends to be this person who's overly romantic but uh takes her to a place that they eat every day also if, if i'm being honest it just feels like they spent all their money on the on redecorating that bow house yep. set because like like the idea that no one no one in this episode really has a good planned out valentine's day like Amy and Alan aren't going anywhere special because yeah. he forgot the Eric and Sean don't have, sorry, Eric and Jack don't have uh, plans because they don't have dates. Um, like Corey and Topanga were going to Chubby's. Sean and Erica was going to Chubby's. It just feels like it was the budget thing. And they were like, we ain't, we ain't got time for this. We can't even write a line. <laughs> I don't think they've ever, or at least Alan for sure has never had a successful Valentine's Day. Because then he give Amy that trash compactor that one year. He did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. They've never had great success. But again, I think that that's just such a 90s trope of like men don't get val they don't get the the big deal with Valentine's Day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the ones who do are kind of whipped like Corey. Like that's what that's what I feel like we're dealing with. We're dealing with like 90s 
uh, is it passive aggressive misogyny? I don't know, but it's just like this like undertone of being like, oh yeah, real men never remember things like Valentine's Day, and the guys who do are kind of whipped and already bought into, you know. Sure, sure. But yeah, all right. Um, You know, absolutely. Okay, let me see. There are a few things, just a few notes. One, there's this idea like. There's uh, the moment where the school apparently knows everything about Corey and Topanga is like on yes. the front page, which again, like going back to this idea of like it's the world according to Corey. Um, but also, there's this moment where Topanga goes, Get away from me, you Jimmy Olsen freak. And I was just like, Hold on, uh, the you Jimmy Olsen freak. And I was like, Topanga has never shown any interest in comic books. Jimmy Olsen is a Superman reference, and this just, it, it was very much male writer to me. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, like, and it just took me out, because I was like, why, why are we doing this? Why would she use that reference? Especially when there are, like, several other references she could use. Well, I mean, the as you know, uh, Jimmy Olsen is probably the one photographer that people think of when it comes to reporting. So exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like you could have said Geraldo, or like like there's like just so many other '90s yeah, um, totally. journalists that she could have referenced, and she would have referenced. And it's not to say that women can't enjoy comic books. It's just to say that Topinga has never shown any interest in comic books, and that line completely took me out. Um, I do think it's funny that it was all over the the school paper. I do want to say there's another reference to it in a future episode where uh, Feeney says he knows about their breakup because he read it in Teen Beat. Um, Their breakup (laughs) really was like, I mean, as as small as the show was, like this show was a much bigger show in syndication than it was when it first aired. Like this was one of those shows I was like, does anyone in my school even watch this show? Like it wasn't something that was super out there, but I do remember the first time I saw them in like magazines at the grocery store were when they broke up and it was just like, it was actually news. Well, you know what's funny is I think our generation who were like 10 years younger yeah. Then the cast, I think we all watched it. And because you were like, it's not really big. And it's like, yeah, because it's target demographic, probably. They didn't watch it as much as we did. I think sure. the younger crowd, because like every time I speak to someone, it's millennials. It's people who are like literally 10 years younger than the cast who was watching the show. Yeah. Um, and I think we found it more relatable, whereas um, the actual demographic found like Dawson's Creek or 90210 more relatable. Or a show that didn't air, air on Friday night. Like, that's yeah, the reason exactly. our generation they were out, watched They were out doing something. We were we home watching leave the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a very good point. Uh, okay, so let's kind of wrap this up. Um, Do you have a, fee, a bra moment? Yeah, I brought it up. Um, well, there's two for me. One, and I don't mean to claim both, but one is when they say that Jennifer used to be a man. Um, that was and that's because, like, Bohemian World has a weird relationship with like gay rights and trans individuals. It's almost always in a comedic attempt, but it's also like '90s version of progressive. It's the it's the um, not that there's anything wrong with that approach. Yes, like yes. almost always they're just like, hey, this person is um, trans or this person is gay, and then right after they're like, but it's fine, we're cool with it. And it's just like, but why do you have to point it out? That's a weird moment to make that joke. Yeah, it was just a joke that was both transphobic and sexist in the sense of just like, oh, hey, Jennifer, your features make you look like a man. Like, it was just an easy joke to go with. It was just easy. It wasn't funny. Absolutely. And that's another thing. It wasn't even funny. Um, And then the other one would be Eric and the handcuffs. Like, again, that's not like a wet and age well. It's just like, what are we doing here? This is the children's show. And all of a sudden, like, what, like, that's what I mean. Eric be fucking, he admits to being fucking, he's fucking someone. He's lost his (laughs) virginity somehow. (laughs) Again, I'm not saying who, I'm just saying who does he spend the most of his time with? That's all I'm saying. All of the can't get attention from most uh, anyone, but <laughs> okay. Um, Feeny uh, lesson, Feeny lesson, yeah. What do you have? Um, hold yourself accountable and uh, kind of take ownership of your behavior and actions. 
That's a great, that, uh, mine was nowhere near as poetic as yours. So I'm going to stick with yours. I think it's a good one because it applies to both storylines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have a grade for this episode? Uh, I'm going to give it a B. Yeah, I'm going to give this a B minus. It's not I was going to say, you know, honestly, I was throwing the line between minus. So I think, I, think it's, I think it's a B minus. Yeah, it's just an okay episode. Like, I like that we're getting into, like, um, the breakup saga, but I don't think that this is one of the stronger episodes of the saga. So I'm... Well, it's, it just comes out of nowhere. Like, in all honesty, if we're, like, after the episode we just have, we should go straight into Corey Topanga and dealing with that. Like, that's what this, that should be our meat and potatoes. And the idea that we just go directly into Sean and Angela and Eric and Jack, and it's just, it's a weird placed episode. And it I think feels that it's like... one that... Oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, go, oh. Go, go. I was just going to say, though, it almost feels like the writers didn't know how long they wanted to take or how far they wanted to take this breakup. Exactly. Like it's and it, it was just one of those things where it's like we had this idea, we had this moment and then we just skipped over to like going back to things as usual. And it's like, but we need like we need to just have some time with this. Like even, yeah. like let's even take like the bookend, like the beginning and the end of the episode where Topanga is just like, no, I'm actually serious. And I, I think like the weight of that is really big. And that's what I think this episode should have been about. Instead, we get all these hijinks and yeah. high school girls kidnapping John. And it's like, it's, it's weird, weirdly placed. And even though it's like, I like what they're saying, it's like a really jumbled meal. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, I agree. I agree. Okay. Um, homework. Homework. Okay. Um, so my homework is going to be Halloween Kills. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't seen it yet, and I wanted to, but I was waiting okay. for you to tell me. All right. Yeah, definitely see it. You can even stream it if you get Peacock, uh, which I, you know what? I'm also going to recommend Peacock because they actually have all of the great horror movies on their um, platform more than any other one if people are looking for good classics. Um, but yeah, Halloween Kills, I saw it in the theaters. I saw it actually last night. And, you know, all the fun things that you loved about the Halloween 2018 one, you're going to yeah. love about this one. Okay. Um, I definitely recommend rewatching the 2018 one and maybe even the original for this one. Uh -huh. um, but like, I really want to like go through it with you. I really want to like <laughs> go through the meat and potatoes of it. So I want to hold back some of my commentary, but just to say that, like, I really, there's going to be, there's going to be a third. I'll tell you that much. Okay. Um, but it, it's, it's, they're making this into like a really strong horror trilogy and one that I haven't, and one that like my fiance, uh, my, 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 I, I went to say girlfriend, the fiance, now my wife, my wife and I were talking about last night was like how this, this movie kind of transcends horror and its entertainment value and its commentary about the world. Like, it just feels like it's a bigger movie than just a slasher movie. So um, I, I really recommend people watching it. Um, and just, you know, having conversations about it because I thought it was a, a very good um, trip to the movies, so. Okay, well, again, I'm excited. Let's do it. Um, okay, so then I guess I would say um, my homework this week is this new, it's, it's so random, but it's this new show on Netflix called Inside Job. Um, hilarious. It's, it's, it's so stupid, so silly. Um, it kind of has, I don't know, it has like a, I can't even, like a, almost like a Bob's Burgers, Parks and Rec vibe to it. Um, almost Archer-esque. And the whole thing is, it's like, the premise of it is, um, there actually is a secret deep state running the U.S. government. And you have all of these characters who are like responsible for all the conspiracy theories. Like in the opening shot, they show you like, um, just like every conspiracy theory, like, like the set of the moon landing, um, the Barack Obama's birth certificate, like all, like there's someone <laughs> whose job is responsible to like keep all these things going so Americans are distracted, but they do it in a very comedic way. And it's really, really funny. Um, I enjoyed it. And I, I think our listeners would too, so. Well, then I have to check it out. Inside Job Netflix. Yeah, Inside Job Netflix. Okay, um, I think it's time to wrap it up. Thank you guys for yeah, yeah. for listening, for watching, for joining us. Um, feel free to reach out all the time. Um, we will continue to do. We will continue to live stream our recordings, and we will continue to uh, bring you season five. We're trying to wrap that up. 
So wrap it up, wrap it up. All right. Um, so uh, as speaking of wrapping it up, um, you, can, you guys can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, all literally any place there you would find a podcast. You can find us uh, at Bra Meets World. And uh, you can also follow uh, me on Twitter at, uh, sorry, and TikTok, which is where we're at now. Um, at Bra Meets World for the show. And I am not your Oreo on TikTok and uh, Twitter for me. Yeah. And if you guys have any like um, like questions or wanting to get into any parts of it, that these episodes that we're currently covering or episodes that we've covered in the past, like feel free to just like throw some shit at us. Even if you're like catching an episode on like ABC Family at like 7 a.m. and you're just like, oh, this was weird. I wonder what they thought about this. Like, throw it at us. We'll definitely cover it over the show. We love to, uh, you know, answer your questions. So uh, Absolutely. definitely reach out. Um, Cassandra Falcon uh, reached out and was like, I, I, she wants to see us do, and then there was Sean. And then trust me, that is, that's how we started this whole podcast. So we are, we can't. We really just episode. wanted to talk about that episode. That's the whole reason we did this whole podcast. <laughs> Four years later. And oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Still working towards it. All right. Uh, I think that's, um, I think that's going to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, I, I guess there's nothing else to say other than remember to dream to try and to do some good damn good later bros let's up bros when this boy meets world